I'm joined by the one and only Simon Banks on how to get rapid results with video. So, of course, we're making conversations about video count. What's new, Wendy Woo? Well, we got this great shout out from Joey in Aberdeen. Sadir Khan's recent episode shows that if you do take action, it may not be the same as his, but taking action gets you moving somewhere in whatever direction. A great motivational podcast episode if you're looking for that real life example. His tips on marketing aren't that bad too. I have to agree with you, Joey. Done is better than perfect. My next statement may challenge you and make you feel a little bit ick. You need a video on your website explaining who you are, what you do and how you can help. Yep, when somebody said that to me a while ago, I went cold. I'm an audio girl. Video? You mean I've got to do my hair and put some lipstick on? Honestly, this will be the most insightful listening on video that you're going to hear for quite some time. The first question that I have to ask you, Simon, is what got you into video in the first place? So it's always been my dream, my goal. So since the age of 16, I wanted to be a cameraman. And at the time, and this was in when I was living in Sydney, Australia, my sister worked for a video production company. And her production company specialised in music videos back in the 80s. And so, I love the 80s music. So I did work experience for this company in Sydney for two weeks, as you do when I was in year, year 10. And in that week, I met Elton John <gasps> and the band Kiss. Because wow! they were touring in Australia at the time and they were doing, basically they were doing the concert video. So they did all the setup to, for the big screens on the concerts. And all the cameramen were wearing jeans and a T-shirt. And I just <laughs> thought, how cool is this? Wearing jeans and a T-shirt and meeting famous pop stars, rock stars. And I was hooked. So since the age of 16, I wanted Incredible. to be a cameraman. And by the age of 20, I was. So just being able to be behind the camera and get paid for listening and watching the concerts. Yeah. And so, I, so I went, did a degree, have a degree in, in media and, and then got a job. Uh, my first job in television, because back in the mid 80s or late 80s, there wasn't this thing called the Internet. And in those um, days, it was basically if you wanted to do, you had to work in television, basically, you had to do broadcast. So uh, my first job in television was as a news cameraman in a small town called Wagga Wagga, <laughs> in New South Wales. So I graduated, applied for this job. In those days, you had to apply for jobs from newspapers, wrote a letter in my CV, went to an interview, uh, got the job, and that's where I started my career as a news cameraman. And ever since, and so this is what, 30-odd, 34 years ago or whatever, I am still doing video. 
I'm still doing video. Obviously, my role has changed a lot. I don't do news anymore. I'm not so much filming these days. I tend to run companies. And my role now is to actually help people create their own video content. But I've had one career for this long. That's because I love it. I love the variety. And along the journey, I have got opportunities to travel the world. I've lived in three continents. And I have met loads of famous and not so famous people. And that's because I love stories. And, and some incredible conversations that you must have had. I've been, yeah, I've done some great things. One is you know, hanging out with um, David Beckham. Pretty cool. I th- yeah, I think he's, he's got better with age. This is a while ago when and one of my clients, UNICEF, and David Beckham is what we call, he's, he's an ambassador. An for ambassador, UNICEF. yeah. And so we went to uh, Copenhagen to do, they were doing some warehouse, they're doing some, he was packing boxes to, to ship to somewhere in Africa or in the Middle East, can't remember exactly where. And I had this strange thing, it's one of these awkward things, I don't know if it's awkward, but we stopped for lunch and went to this sort of warehouse sort of room and we had pizza. So I was literally sitting opposite David Beckham, we're both eating pizzas and I'm thinking, what do I say? Because actually David Beckham, believe it, he's quite shy, yeah. all right? He just sat there eating pizza. It was just David, uh, myself, and I had a, a sound recorder, his minder, and the client. And none of us were saying anything. I just felt compelled to go, I can't remember something. Have you come far? Or how are you finding life? And Because he was, in, he was playing for Real Madrid at the time, showing how long ago it was. And it was nice. It was really easy to work with. He understood the, what we needed to do. And, you know, he and I was really impressed that the time he gave us, you know, I managed to even get a photograph of him. And it was great. Had the opportunity to meet lots of famous people in my time, celebrities. And it's always, always fine. The, the more famous they are, generally the nicer they are as well. Do you think that it's because that fame almost puts people in a bubble anyway, that people sort of, they get a bit starstruck or a bit tongue-tied, ask the daftest of questions, or they just don't really treat you like a real human being that, you know, likes sweet pizza? um, My experience is the more famous they are, they've made it, so they don't have to pretend. I have actually filmed some other... Hollywood stars who are not so famous, who who are really quite awkward to work with. I'll give you another example, just to name drop, if you like. Oh, go on, dish the dirt. I was filming what we call behind the scenes of a James Bond movie. It was Piers Brosnan's first James Bond movie, Golden Eye. And I was on set in Epson Racecourse, which is the set they were using for, there's a scene where you're supposed to fly to Moscow. And there was Piers Brosnan, and I was working for, it was called Entertainment Tonight. You remember one of the American Hollywood programs? And I was there, and I was fairly new on set, and we're filming this particular scene. And generally, when you're doing behind the scenes, you've got to stay back a little bit. You don't want to get in the way. But I just remember Piers Brosnan, he did a take. He looked at me and said, basically said to me, who are you? Yeah. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, you know. And he said, and I said, I'm Simon. I'm working for Entertainment Tonight. We're doing behind the scenes. And he goes, okay, great. Well, nice to see you. Great to meet you. What did you think of that take? <laughs> so he was amazing. And after a couple of takes, he actually looked at me and said, what do you think? And he was just, it was just great. I just felt so special, you know, yeah. to be part of it. And that's quite incredible. I think it all comes down to people skills, doesn't it? It all comes down to, I think when you've made it, 
the bigger the star, generally, um, the nicer they are. It's generally the, the minders you've got to watch out for. But because of my approach, no matter who you are, I always treat you the same. So I know a lot of people, when they meet these celebrities, I'm not worthy. It's Wayne's World moment, isn't it? Yeah, you do this sort of. Yeah, you're doing this worship. Won't say anything. I, I'm not. The way I, I approach is, we're all human. We're all people. So I treat the people the same, which, which sometimes got me into trouble with their minders because I'm too, I'm quite friendly and I ask questions, you know, (laughs) and I try and have a conversation with them, and I ask them to do things like, "Oh, can you do that again, please?" or "Can we do this?" Because as a, when I was filming, you need to get certain scenes and, and shots to make it work. And sometimes a lot of people just go, well, I'll do it once and that's it. And I often say, can we do it again? Because I, I think we could do better type of thing. So <laughs> I just treat everyone like they're celebrity. That's a great attitude. And, and I was having this conversation only yesterday, strangely, that it really doesn't matter who people are in my mind, because we come in and go out of this world in the same way as each other. It doesn't matter, you know, our upbringings or anything like that. We're we're all here to, with a purpose. I think that's the thing. So, so long as you're sticking to your purpose and and you're being kind along the way, then that's a good point. But Piers asking you how that was, you were a stranger to him, but he valued your honesty because he would be able to judge that honesty as to whether it was, oh, is he just telling me that because he's a fan or is he telling me that because he knows what he's talking about? I think for me, Piers, he just really enjoyed what he was doing. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's interesting. He fun. And he just obviously liked to make people feel welcome on set, which is, I, which is unusual. And of course, when he said, how was the tape? Of course, I had to say, uh, you know, brilliant, because there was the director as well. So I didn't want to step in. But, yeah. you know, I just think the, his attitude was was great. Treat everyone as equals. And, of course, obviously, my motto is also, if you're on set, and I've dealt with lots of not only celebrities, Hollywood stars, but as well as I've worked with a lot of CEOs as well on, on large global corporations. And the attitude is you should always work, always treat who you're working with or people working for you the same. If you treat them with respect, you will get respect yeah. back. If you treat people like they're your servant or you're just a contractor, just a freelancer, I don't care about you. It's that word, you're just, isn't it? It's that just. just. If you make people feel like guess what? They're not going to really respond to you very well, are they? They're not going to then do the next best for you. So I always, that's my always attitude with, with all the people I've worked with, the businesses I've built, the people I've worked with. I always treat people with respect. Because I think if I would treat you with respect and treat you as how I would be want to be treated myself, then you're always going to get the best out of somebody. Yeah. And, and rather than a lot of leadership roles I've seen are more bossy and I tell you what you do, what I tell you, I don't think that works particularly well. And the other sort of side of your business really is because you're a very passionate person about everybody using video for their business is that you often get to work with businesses or business owners that maybe are not quite sure how to have that conversation on camera. Yes. Uh, and then you're dealing with a different kind of personality and, and in a set of emotions, aren't you? Well, that's interesting because it's because quite often when suddenly you're on camera, your personality can change. Yes. I find. And I have been guilty. Yes, of hello, that. it's Wendy. Hello. Yes, I mean, 
I was remember when I first started being in front of the camera. So, so most of my career has always been behind the camera. I've always been filming other people. I've been telling people how to be on camera and can you do that again? And, you know, maybe we can do a better take than that or you've fluffed your line. But it's so interesting. Suddenly I was in front of the camera. I was like, uh, 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 now uh, I understand where you're coming from. So it was, yeah, yeah it was. And I remember when, you know, I'm, I'm, you've got to practice what you preach, right? So I always say, sure. no matter what size business you are, you need to be doing video. You need to have some video at least on your website. And of course, I thought, practice what I preach. I need to be on camera. And I started doing video content. And I tell you, the first videos were, I was wooden. The guy, the videographer who was working for me at the time said, where's Simon Banks? <laughs> who stolen him yeah can the real simon Banks step forward and i was like what do you mean because i wasn't really aware of it and he said no. well you just it's not, you're not you this is not you. you're very wooden and you know you're and i said yeah it's because i'm nervous and conscious of getting just, it right yeah and i was it's conscious being captured. of <sighs> and of course now i'm a lot more confident on camera and it's purely down to, to practice and the key part is, I know a lot of people don't like being on camera, and then, and that's because we don't like the way we look and sound, don't know what to say. How do I come across as being authentic? I mean, that's one of the key words here. Yes. How do you be authentic? And the real way, Jane, you do that is just, just got to practice. Um, and it does, trust me, because I've been through the, this journey, and you probably, if you look at some of my earlier videos, uh, which I shot probably over five years ago now, you will see I was probably a bit uh, wooden, and not my normal self, but you do get used to it. And I do believe, especially if you are smaller business and you are your brand, because I'm a huge believer, and I know we've heard this phrase a lot, people buy from people. Mm. And I just see so many smaller businesses and I work with people who run coaching businesses and just one or two of them. And it's like, where are you? You know, people are going to, especially from a coaching perspective, people are going to buy you because of you. You are your brand. Therefore, video is, I would argue, of course, I'm biased here. That is the the best medium to get across your brand. You know, especially now that, I mean, things are starting to change, but, you know, we haven't been able to go and do face-to-face meetings. Yeah. The last 16 months here in the UK, we haven't been doing face-to-face meetings and I'm not sure they're going to come back in a hurry. So my process of sales was I get an inquiry, probably have a phone call with them, and then I would arrange to go and see them. And then we'd sit down for an hour and I'd go talk through what they needed. I'd talk about my approach, go away, made a proposal, send it to them. I haven't done a face-to-face meeting for over 16 months. It's all done on Zoom. Zoom is video all right and i'm not convinced and i'll be honest with you i'm not actually i prefer to do my qualifying calls on zoom now rather than spend time going into central london where i'm based which takes me at least an hour to have an hour meeting come back you know your whole half a day is gone so i would much prefer now is to have a zoom meeting to start with and then this is the key here is the follow-up is then i would create a video to say thank you and have a video. So I've got a potential lead at the moment for, for a very large production job and I've getting a proposal for them. And I've had a Zoom call with them. And when I send the proposal, I'm going to record a video, which is 
explaining my assumptions in my proposal and the way I've costed it. I'll do that through uh, an app called Loom. Yes, yeah, and that's M. free, isn't it? Yeah. And the reason I do that and the feedback I get is because no one's doing it, I get replies. And people yeah. go, yeah, that's really useful. That's really good. Because then I can go through the document and explain why we've come up with this idea. This is our approach. This is how we price it. These are the next steps. It's not that hard to do. In fact, you know, even using Loom, you can have your camera on or camera off, but it's video. And that's what I'm all about is starting to use video as an effective tool for your business. And there are simple ways you can start doing this. It's not all about doing flashy marketing, promotional videos or doing social media content every week. It's about how can you use video effectively for your sales. And sometimes it's as simple as doing what I call personal video. It's a one-to-one video. It makes sense as well, because if you know somebody already, because you've had that conversation with them on the telephone, which is kind of my bag, I I feel that with 30 odd years of experience uh, working the telephone, I can probably gain a lot more from a conversation on the phone than I can on a video. But the last 16 months has translated that to reading body language and looking for, for subtle differences as well. Taking that aside, even my own process, I like audio because that's what the telephone is. So with LinkedIn and, and, and that kind of platform or Facebook pages, I send voice notes. So really, you're just taking it one step further because that's your medium. My medium is audio. I think it's intimate. You don't have to worry too much about what you look like either on an audio message, but it's a great way to start that practice because it all takes practice doesn't it it does and i also got to remember we're all different the way we like to receive information yes so you're auditory yeah i'm visual yeah yes you more people most people would be more comfortable recording an audio message absolutely great some people like myself would prefer to see a video but the challenge here is just because it's what i prefer doesn't mean that actually, and, and I get great feedback. People say, I love the fact that you've sent me a voice note because there's that inflection of emotion that you get from the voice. Now, that doesn't mean to say that that's their preferred method. It's mine, but am I sending the right thing? So when it comes to it, actually, Simon, it's kind of challenging me now to do that video because. That's the 360, isn't it? And also you need to probably do all three because unless you actually know how people want to receive information. So, for example, when I get a LinkedIn request and I accept the request, I then I have a connection video. So I send them a link for them to say, thanks for connecting with me. It's a pre-recorded one already, but it's just a little bit different because no one's doing it. I wouldn't necessarily then send them a personal video message straight away. Okay, because I think that freaks people out. <laughs> okay, if you connect with someone yeah. and suddenly they go, hi, I'm Simon. Thanks Here's Wendy on my screen you. talking to yeah. me. Ah! So, so part of it, I, my process probably would be, I send them, a, I send them some, a link to a video they can watch. I then probably maybe do an audio message because audio messages are really easy to do on LinkedIn. Yeah. And then I might do a video. So what I'm doing is words, audio and video. 
Yes. I'm yeah. giving them three ways that they can absorb my information. And then I might send them a link. So one of the links is actually to download a free chapter of my book. So that's obviously they read it. It's not a video. That actually can download and read it. So what I'm doing is appealing to all their senses. And adding value. Which yeah. one might work with them. Because I don't know yet what worked with them. So obviously I'm, I'm video. But my I do believe... And it's, well, I don't believe it. it's a fact, really, that because of video, you can see. People yes. can see and hear you. And if you actually do certain content, you can put what we call captions on the video so they can also read. So you're appealing to all three senses. But the thing with video is that you can convey emotion. Okay. People can see the whites of your eyes. They, they can mm. see your facial expressions. And I believe that people buy from people. So people do want to see you. Yeah. And if they, they can see and hear you, they've got to watch you. So the thing about reading an audio is audio, people can just listen to it by doing something else. When people read, they can skim read. One of the issues I have with emails particularly is tone because people, depending on how you write, sometimes yeah, yeah. people can misinterpretation of. Yeah. And that's why audio and video come much better because when you're speaking to someone or they can see you, it's, you can't really misinterpret the tone. Yeah. And I think with video particularly, and this is what I guess what comes on with me is comes across from me is my passion. Okay. People just say, you obviously really passionate about what you do. And that's why video works well for me because people go, wow. Okay. Simon yeah. knows his stuff. Simon is very passionate about this. And I hope that comes across. And that's why video works well for me and people buy from me because they go, right, we come to Simon because he knows his stuff. And because and you've created a deeper, lasting impression. You know, if people were to say, right, who would I go to to help me make some phone calls? Lots of people that, that know me would go would, would say me. Now, when it comes to video, they would go, oh, I've seen Simon and, and I've heard Simon and he's told me he knows this stuff will work. Let's do it. I think the other thing to think about is I know you do sales. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I find, I don't know about how you're finding it, but particularly the last 14 months and particularly when I do work with a lot of large corporates, I can't get hold of them on the phone because they're not in the office. And I think, I don't know about you, but when someone rings me unexpected, unannounced, which is primarily what I call a sales call, I want to get them off the phone as soon as possible. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's why I don't like that approach. But what I do find works really well is so rather than trying to catch them live, so to speak, is you can record what we call a personal video. So you could try, okay, so this is an approach you could do. You could try email, right? Try email which is what I tend to do, connect with them. You could then try and phone them because obviously when you can get live one-to-one -one phone call with them, that's a good way to connect and conversations. But I find people ignore emails. People don't, won't pick up the phone. But they don't pick up the phone and whoever's calling doesn't leave a message either to give them any reason. Yeah. To call back. Yes. So there's a whole <laughs> different approach in terms of what I'm yeah. finding. Most people don't pick up the phone anyway. It's trying to yes, get people, they, people yeah, don't they screen other, everything because they're going, no, don't know that number. Well, there's, there's two things going on here, I think. One is, and I'm guilty of this, I don't like picking up the phone. I don't like calling other people when I'm basically doing what I call basically a sales call. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of, I have a lot of resistance to that. So it's easier to send an email, but emails are so easy to ignore. And when I do call, 
you often get a voicemail because people don't want to pick up if they see your number or they don't know who it is, they screen it. So then, yes, I do leave a voice message. But because if it's more of a high checking in with you, how are you sort of call, they might not necessarily call back. But what I do find is, and what I'm more comfortable doing, is actually recording a video, looking to the camera and saying, hi, it's Simon, I just want to see how you're doing. And and you make it personal. Literally, you're just talking to that one person and you talk about, hi, I've seen your website recently and, you know, I saw the last video you've done, you know, whatever it might be, you make a comment on what they're doing. And it's just what I call a connection video. And there's loads of websites. You You can use Loom. You can use loads of other websites where you can record a video and you send them a link. And when they open the link, you know that they've opened it and watched it. But the thing is, it's personal. And the reason why this works and the reason the feedback I'm getting is because no one's doing it. No one is using this approach because it's unusual. It's a curiosity because it's new. Because when you make on the video, you actually say, hi, Wendy. You know, you're actually making it so it's, so it's a personal message. And when you create the link, because you send it normally by email, you just say, hi, I've created this personal video message for you. Please watch. Yeah. People do because it's curious, you know, this is people aren't doing it, but people are not doing this. So that's really effective and surprising how many people it's been, technology's been here for a while to do this, but no one's doing it. So I just think it's a really effective way in part, again, part of a tool in terms of if email's not working, if you can't get hold of them on the phone, create a personal video message. Do you think in part though, Simon, that, that it's because we can hear so many things, you should be doing this for visibility. It's kind of a bit of a throwaway comment for visibility. Yeah, I know that. So how do I, and what's it really going to give me, are, are really the, the motivators to getting you to actually do it, to take the action so what you've just described there is if your emails are being ignored, then you can send them by all means because there's an audit for it. But if that's getting you no response, then that energy is is dissipating to nothing. If it is that you're just leaving constant voicemail messages, and yes, I agree with you, people aren't in the office, they have changed the way that they approach the telephone because they've had the opportunity to address how they want to deal with that as a tool in their business. So then sending a video through to them that then people are opening and are coming back to you is a really compelling argument to say, why are you not doing it yet then? Exactly. And this is what it's about is, I'm all about making video simple. How can we make video simple and effective for your business? I think making a personal video like this is a real way to get a return of investment on, on straight yeah. away on video. Rather than seeing video as a marketing tool, which most businesses do, when you're doing marketing videos and promotional videos and content, putting yes, it on social media. you do that media. video of, hello, I'm Wendy Harris of WAG Associates, and I'm here to tell you all about our business. Yes. <laughs> Wrong. yes, I would always argue that's what most people think is the video they should produce, but it's not yeah, the first it's video. It's not, you is it? No. no. But then people struggle with what I call, how do I, I can't keep doing video content every week for social media. And quite often it's hard to track that. Mm. Yes, you should be doing that. Ideally you should be, but that's a long-term game and you've got to be consistent with it. What we're talking about here is how can we use video effectively, which you can get instant results. Instant gratification. 
mid-term, you know, what you can grow that to for your social media and longer-term strategy? Yes. And I think using it one-to-one, just it doesn't have to be polished. You see what I mean? No. You, you can just pick up your smartphone and record your message. And it'd be human. It doesn't have to be high production values, high quality. It doesn't matter so much. It's just that as long as people can see and hear you and, and you keep it sort of short and, you know, a minute, two minutes max, depending on what your message is, you don't have to overthink it is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. By thinking I haven't got the right tech and, and the technology, you know, I, I can't do this because it's not good enough. It doesn't matter. You've got to start somewhere and then you build on that. This is where the getting it right is the conversation that's that counts because it's about where you start and how you start and from that small start bigger steps can be taken i always start with begin with the end in mind to quote the late <laughs> stephen r covey yeah. and that's where i always start is what results do you want who's your audience how do you connect with that audience rather than thinking about what type of video do i have to do how do i create that how do i edit it and that's the wrong start. Yes, that's part of the elements of videos. But I always say, keep it simple. Let's start with what you want to achieve. Who's your audience? What's the best way to reach them? And I think... What's the conversation? Video, yeah. It's conversation. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, when we're all being bombarded with different messages, it's harder to reach people because we're not in an office anymore and people are not picking up the phone. And they're bombarded with social media. But if you're just sending them a link... You can do this over email or you could send it, even send them a text or through WhatsApp even, yeah. or even, even better, you can do it through LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Okay. LinkedIn has a, on the smartphone, you can record a video. And I think that's sometimes even more effective because people can ignore emails, but people tend not to ignore direct messages from in LinkedIn. And you can see that it's been viewed. Two. And again, you can probably do this through Messenger as well. You can do it through yeah. WhatsApp. So, this, so you just got to think a little bit, how do I reach my audience? If the traditional ways, email, phone, in-person meetings aren't working, how can you reach yeah, them yeah. in a different way? I do still genuinely believe that all of those traditional tools have still got a purpose. They all have a part to play but sometimes it's about changing up the priority and how you use those tools. It, absolutely. Yeah. It's not a... Uh, instead not of. A no. It's not instead no. of and or. Yeah. And I think in this day, it's about how do you reach your audience through different methods and thinking a little bit differently rather than just do what we normally traditionally do would be email and then try and phone them. Yeah. There are loads of platforms which handle video as well. How can I engage with my audience in a different way, which makes me stand out. And I guarantee that once somebody starts this journey, the road to other content will open up. When you start doing this, your video messages will suddenly be a theme. You'll be talking about the same things in a way. So whether so this is will lead me on to the types of video content you should be creating. And when people say, I'm not sure where to start, I always start say, start with asking a frequently asked question. Yes. So create, yes. and it can just be a simple talking to the camera, no more than it can be a minute or less answering what's your frequently most asked question. So for me, it's about, it's often pricing is how do you price your services? It could be, how do we work with you? What's your process? 
could be as simple as what hours are you open? You know, it could be, do you offer guarantees? It could be what results can I expect by working with you? It could be a, this is my product. If you're doing more product services, you can, you can do a, a review on one of your products. You could do, you know, answering you know, client testimonials. I mean, there's loads of options you can do. And I just think quite often it's, you answer these questions all the time. Yeah. So why not put them into a video format and put it on your website? There's a great book that's on the podcast website by Marcus Sheridan. They ask you answer. It's effectively, if you think about the blogs that you create that are to answer the questions of your customers, it's about simplifying those blogs from written form into a short video. And the great thing about video, I would argue, is... Though people see video is too hard because it's a lot more elements. But when you do a video, you can then get that transcribed. So you can create a blog from it, written blog. I can't wait for Joe to do the wagga, 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 wherever it was that you went to work (laughs) experience. Hmm. (laughs) But yeah, I know it, it is because then it's creating content, further content. Correct. So start with the hardest bit, which can be seen as video. But from that, you can create the written word and auditory as well. And it's what Kiss the frog. Yeah. <laughs> Kiss the frog. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're absolutely right there, Simon. I mean, we have the audio transcribed here for show notes because not everybody has the time to listen, but they are much quicker readers. You know, they prefer that format. And from the transcripts, we're able to draw out elements of text or audio to timestamp it to be able to create even smaller sound bites of audio or video or text. Correct. And it's all about, multi, you know, create once, but use it multiple times. And yeah. I find a lot of people will do a video once and that's it. They won't repurpose it in terms of different edits, different, you know, you can use then quotes from it, use audio chunks as well. You know, there's loads of things you can do. So you create once, doesn't mean that's it. Why don't you reuse it multiple times and also just reuse it. Full stop. Yeah, and there's something else to be said about using video on social, I think, is that, you know, when people say I'm running out of ideas, repurposing is perhaps the best way of using the videos that you've already created, because not everybody will have seen it. When it goes live, what is it? Something like 5% of your audience will see it. Correct. There's something really, really low. Minuscule. yeah. And that is true. So I do create a lot of video content. I should be repurposing, literally, rather than re- redoing it or anything, just repost it. Yeah. So if you and create actually, one video and post it 50 times, you well, may there, reach your whole audience. There is a video I shot five years ago. It's about me winning an Oscar for best corporate video. I have this, this Oscar behind me. I filmed this five years ago and it's me and it's very clever done with green screen. It's me accepting an Oscar for best corporate video. It's a lot of fun. It's well done. And I post that every year when the Oscars happen. And every year I get amazing comments and fantastic. No one over the last five years has said, oh, didn't you post this last year? And so, <laughs> so part of me feels the temptation that I should re-edit it or redo it. But then what, you know, I don't see why I should really, because, mm-hmm. because my audience has grown since then and people don't remember because I'm posting it once a year. 
and because it's fun and it's what I mean, I'm, it, it's a good little, it's a nice little video. So watch out for the next Oscars. I'll post it again across my platform. Um, and you can probably find it there somewhere. On, it'd be on my Facebook page and my LinkedIn already, but you know, people love it and you don't have to wait a year to repost it. I think, I think let's face it the algorithms and you know, what they say, Instagram is what 24 hours. Twitter is a couple of hours. LinkedIn tends to be a little bit longer. could be a couple of weeks. Facebook is short. YouTube is longer because that's a different strategy. But if you're doing social, there's no reason why you can't look at something you did four or five months ago and just literally repost it. You know, you can change the words because obviously with video, you do have some, you have a post and you do write stuff. If you wanted to change it slightly, I would just change the words on it and then, then post it again because your audience, most of your audience, well, we know 95% of your audience who follow you won't have seen it. Let me tell you about my Power Up program. An hour and a half with me and accountability later. It's by no means ever going to fix everything. But what it will do is it will allow us to find one area that's a key priority for you to implement straight away into your business and allow you to just see the other areas that you need work on. It's a great stepping stone into the 12-week building block program. Just book a chin wag. Let's have a natter and let's see how I can help you. No, that's very true. Simon, we get to that part in the show that I always enjoy most because I have no idea what's coming next. And that is to ask you to share with us that conversation that created a turning point for you. Yeah, this is actually an easy one for me, though it's not a conversation. It's a book. Oh, I like it. So it's a book called The E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Gerber. And I read this book probably 10 years ago. The subtitle is Why Most Small Businesses Don't Work and What to Do About It. Okay. And it was a light bulb moment for me. Over 10 years ago, I was what I call a technician. I was a videographer working in my own production company where I was doing everything. I was doing the filming, the editing, the client management, the selling, the marketing. And I read this book and it was like a light bulb moment to think if I'm ever going to be not necessarily successful in business, but if I'm ever going to grow a business where eventually I can actually step out of it, I need to work on it, not in, in it. it. And as a, bit, as a small business owner, and particularly with video production, it can be, it's a technical skill. And I realized that I'm just going to be filming and editing. And it's very hard for me to build a, a scalable business if it's just me doing all the work. And there's also going to be a cap on, on actually what I can earn because there's obviously only a certain Time number of element. hours I can do per yes. day. Yes. And also video as a camera person is actually physically pretty hard as well. It's a little easier because the cameras in those days are much bigger and heavier and the amount of kit we have. But, you know, generally I don't, there's a light bulb thinking, okay, I need to change my business model because keeping working as a technician, working in the business wasn't going to be sustainable. So I moved the business to working on it to where I stepped out from the technical skills of the business and brought those in. 
So I started to use freelancers more. I started to employ people. So, you know, I then grew my business to a half million pounds by just changing my business model. I was then headhunted to work for a larger corporate company, which we got to a million pounds. And then I was managing a much manager team. So it's a different, just changing the mindset and working, realizing that actually if you want to build something sustainable, you can't all be just you. You've got to work on it, not in it. And I think the key point here that I'm picking up on that you've perhaps not been so sort of clear about is that you've not stopped doing the thing that you love. And I think that's the important part. If you want to scale up and come away from what you do, and have other people doing the, what you do do, then running a team is a completely different set of skills, isn't it? But doesn't necessarily mean that you stop doing the bit that you love. So the difference now is I'm not the guy who goes and actually films and edits videos, okay? <laughs> um, my role has changed because obviously when you're running a business, especially a smaller business, you know, you, basically you are the person, you got to do the marketing, you do the sales. So that's my primary role. And then obviously being a leader in terms of when you build a team, you've got to manage that team. But I'm still involved overall in all productions. So my role has changed, not for being the technician, camera person, editor. I'm what they call now, what I call executive producer. So I bring the work in, I bring the, the right people in, and I, I still have the vision of working with the client directly in terms executing of Executing the vision. Yeah, so I'm executing yeah. the vision and supporting my clients with that, which generally means it's a more scalable business because I got up, I can bring in team when I need them. But I personally get a lot more enjoyment out of actually, if you wanted to make video work for your business, how do we do that through more planning and strategy rather than just focusing on the production? Yeah. And that's where video works best is when you have a strategy in place not necessarily going oh what a video this is where you have to plan your premiere yes (laughs) for your business it is it's it's like roll out the red carpet for video with simon absolutely and that's where i start with clients i always begin with the end in mind so let's think about your premiere so when you're launching your video what do you want people to think about it what do you want them to do? You know, who do you want to watch it? Rather than think about, oh, I need to make a video. How, do, you know, how much? These are the questions I often get. I need a video from a website. How much? Uh, without actually thinking about what results do I want first? Yeah. What results what do I want? elements to are going to go into that so that we can actually cost it too? Correct. Because that will determine the results you want would determine the type of video you need. Yeah. And what the approach would be. How you get there. (laughs) Yeah, and which can be very different uh, from when you first thought about it. People that write books, and I know you're an author too. I am, Right. It's a great way to be able to have a conversation and not actually be in the room. So books like video are very evergreen content and able to pass on that expertise and skills to people. So I wrote a book called How to Get Video Right. And I wrote it because I was seeing so many people just focus on the production, make a video and just not use it effectively. And I just think that's, that's crazy. So I've written a book about how you can use video for your business. And it's not a how to make a video. It's about how to use video for your business and how you should go about it. And then you've got all the ideas to be able to go on and implement it. Perfect. Correct. 
Simon, I, I, it's been wonderful to talk to you. There has been so many tips and tricks and thought processes that we've gone through there. If people want to carry on the conversation with you, of course, we'll put all your details on the website. But for the listeners now, where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, best place is my website, givevideoright.com. And has uh, how you can work with me. But ultimately, if you're not sure where to start with video or how video could be effective for your business, then I would suggest booking a 15-minute call with me where we can talk through how you can get started with video. And let's just say that 15 minutes might not seem like a lot, but when you know what it is that you need to get to, 15 minutes, you can cover an awful lot of ground. So that's a really valuable offer there. Thank you, Simon. It's been absolutely wonderful to talk to you about making conversations about video count. Now you've heard from Simon all those wonderful tips on how to get it right with video. Let us know when you've actually been off and got it done. Send us the links. Let us have a look. It'd be great to hear from you. Now next week, we're going to be joined by Roger Cheatham, who technically is very, very lucky to still be here to tell his story. But what we can always control is how we react, how we view the things that are beyond our control, because our reaction to them is within our own grasp. Tune in next week to find out more. <laughs> <laughs>